Yes, zest and pleasure and the thrill of action roll right along with a sports-minded customer in the new Corvair Monza Spider. Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story, including former Leave it to Beaver actor Tony Dow. Back in his Wally Cleaver days, Dow and his dad, his real dad, not his TV dad, the late Hugh Beaumont, got himself a new car, only to sell it. Now, 51 years later, 51 years, he has it back. It's such a great story. The CBS station in San Diego later reported on it. In fact, that video is on YouTube. But there's so much more behind the story than that YouTube video shows. Dow still acts, even did a second show based on the Cleavers called Still the Beaver. He does voiceovers, is a sculptor. He works with all sorts of wood, a big artist. I caught up with him at his canyon home outside of Los Angeles. I asked Tony what was the first car he remembers growing up. My Dad and my parents, you know, had uncool cars, you know, like a, a Ford uh, ranch wagon or some stupid thing like that. And uh, so I was never really in, into cars. So when I f got my first car, you know, I wanted a car that was really cool and that was different. And everybody sort of was buying those Corvairs back then. And so I had reverse chrome wheels, and I had it painted. I got it from, uh, got it from the factory, actually. Yeah, let's add some perspective to this. Your acting career started when you were really young. How old were you when you first started the acting career, and how far into the Leave it to Beaver show were you when you started looking at other cars? Well, I, I started the Leave it to Beaver show when I was 12, and uh, so that was a little bit before looking at cars, but but I actually, a I had a cool thing. I When I used to walk home from grammar school, I'd go by this guy's house, and he had a, a garage, and he had this go-kart. And this go-kart was built like a um, like a rail, you know. It had it, and he made it out of electrical conduit, so it was really light. I don't know how you weld electrical conduit, but and it was this really cool thing, and it had a Villiers uh, motorcycle engine. Yeah, I I just said I'd love to have that car. I love it, and I tell my dad, "Come on, let's go. Let's go look at this car." Anyway, my dad, I guess, talked this guy into selling the car. So that was the first. That was my first experience with um, with cars. And the cool thing about that was, I um, it it needed to be you know fixed up. It was kind of a little ratty, and so um, I took took it to Von Dutch, who... You know, the Von Dutch. The Von Dutch. And and he fell in love with this go-kart because it was such a cool go-kart. Go and he painted it, pinstriped it all over. I had this fantastic pinstripe in the front of it. He powder-coated the head. He uh, put a dash in it with, you know, those swirls, a chrome dash. And he... Uh, you know, he just spent, I don't know, he probably spent two months just fixing it up. And so we went to get it and uh, said, okay, well, how, you know, how much is it? And he said, oh, that's okay. You just got to let me drive it sometime. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a cool story? How great is that? Now, is this the power of celebrity or just the fact that he liked messing with that? This was before I was on the Beaver Show. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was really, I think I was probably around 11 Maybe I was. Maybe it was the beginning of the Beaver Show. Maybe I was twelve or something. But I know that the way I saw the thing was I would walk home from grammar school and I'd go by this guy's house. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so my my first uh, first car was when I was sixteen, and uh, it was a little weird because my dad traded in his Ranchero or whatever whatever he had, some sort of station wagon thing, 
And uh, and I said, well, I want to get a cool car, Dad. Can you get? And so he acquiesced. We ordered this uh, blue, you know, uh, metallic kind of blue with a black interior, which it didn't come that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I put the reverse chromes on it and uh, lowered it a little bit in the front and had a tonneau cover on it, you know. And it was just, it was really a, co- a cool car. But now, is this the Corvair? This is the Corvair we're talking about. 1960. It was a 62. I bought it in 61. And it was a Spider. No, it was no, just it a regular. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now that I'm older and I think back on it, I think, man, my dad was really cool. Because here he is. He's a, a contractor and an architect or a designer, building designer. And he'd go into work in this souped-up kind of Corvair. And he must have thought, man, I look like an idiot. But it's okay. My son wanted it this way. So I got to give him credit for that. But anyway, it, you know, I had it for um, four and a half years all through high school and uh so i can understand how um the guy who um who bought it from me you know he took it all through high school and he uh he had a love affair with it you know i mean that that you had your corvair and you sold it to get something else what did you get after that well i i got a uh Corvette. It was a hardtop convertible, or no? There, well, the top comes off on those. Oh, okay. It was the year before the the uh, Stingrays. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, it was a, it was a it was a great car, and I put Buick spoke wheels on it, so it was really you know you never saw that on those things. But the problem was, I never locked my car, so it got stolen every time I'd take it somewhere. So it was stolen twice. I had it for a year and a half, and probably only drove it for six months. But um, <clears throat> it was a it was a pretty a pretty cool car. So you sold the Corvair, got the Corvette. Yeah. Talk about when the guy came up to buy the, the Corvair. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. I probably didn't have much to do with it because, you know, I was a 16, or, well, by then I was tw- 20, I guess. But, you know, my dad would have probably handled all the negotiation there. So fast forward a few years, mm-hmm. you're minding your own business when... You get a call? I get an email, and we fast forward a few years, meaning 51 years. And, uh, That's a few. <laughs> That's a few, yeah, right. And uh, it's a lifetime for a lot of people. So anyway, I'm sitting here, and I get an email, and the guy says, uh, hey, this is Marty. I'm down in Alpine, which is down towards San Diego. And uh, my best friend um, had this Corvair, and we we had the greatest time in high school with it. We, you know, we went on rallies. We did this. We sat around the garage and drank beer and tinkered with it. Marty's friend, who owned the car, was a um, engineer and a um, machinist. So he he's just started tinkering around doing stuff, and then in '87 he decided to do a ground up restoration, and so it's got all this funky stuff. I mean, he made a whole new dash that he created you know it's just a beautiful dash because you know if you remember the old corvairs it, it was a sort of an inexpensive car you know that was a utility car mm-hmm. so this th- this looks great and then he has got a lot of gauges in it that's for sure got a lot of gauges and i don't know what the heck they do but you know we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out and a lot of switches a lot of toggle switches okay looks like an airplane the, the dave the statlin the guy who got the car running for me and, and works on it um 
or has been working on for the past couple of weeks, he, he said it's unbelievable the things. You know, he said the adapter that goes from the turbo to the, the uh, carburetor, mm-hmm. you know, it's usually kind of a rubber hose that's clamped on. You know, this is a machined aluminum piece that fits, you know, perfectly. And, and what was he saying today? There was something about, uh, gosh, maybe it was th- throttle cables. Uh, but he said usually they just had kind of a plastic wheel that they kind of rolled through. These are all aluminum, can- you know, he made these aluminum wheels and everything. So anyway, there's all this fancy <laughs> on this car that's, that, <laughs> that I dig. I think it's great. And as soon as I figure out what it's for, I'll, I'll, I'll really like it. <laughs> it has this really cool thing, though. It's got a... There's a tank in the back, and it's for alcohol and water. And I guess what happens is, I it, it, we haven't got it running yet, but, well, we've got it running. We just don't have anything in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess once you get up to a certain pressure, uh, it kicks in, and it shoots this alcohol and water. And I guess the deal is the alcohol burns hotter, so that creates a more horsepower faster. Oh. And then the, the water is what cools it down. So. so it wasn't like a martini thing or anything like that for long road trips? No, 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 no. no. This thing is for beating Mustangs uh, off the line. But anyway, he, he didn't want to sell it because he said that uh, he has too much fun watching Mustangs disappear in his, <laughs> in his, in his rearview mirror. So you get this email from someone who says... Hi, remember this car? This used to be yours. Mm-hmm. And then he went into the circumstances and, and asked you then, do you want it back? Well, he said, what do you, what do you think about that? And I said, well, what's what's the deal? What, you know, And he said, well, I, Al, who's the guy who owned the car, Al and I were talking about it, you know, and we'd always thought, geez, you know, what's going to happen to this car? Because it was like part of their family, you know. And uh, uh, Al said, well, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could find Tony and, and give it back to him. So that's what Marty did, because uh, he found me, I guess, uh, on the internet. You can find anybody anywhere these days. And I just didn't believe it. You know, I said, that, what are you talking about? And uh, he said, no, I, 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 this guy, Al, and he went through the whole story. And he said, uh, it's a great car. It's really cool, you know. You, and so I thought, well, I better go down and look at it because it could be a pile of junk, you know. Right. And I get down there, and it's covered up, and I take the cover off, and there's this beautiful black sort of lacquered Corvair that has these incredible wheels that, you know, they're, I don't know what, I guess they're cast aluminum or something. And then... Kind of like slotted mags or something, if that... Yeah, they're, they're, they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, See, I'm not so much of a car guy that I know what all this stuff is. <laughs> I just like the stuff. Uh-huh. So, That's okay. So anyway, and it's got this weird-sized tire, which is uh, it's 235 by 50 by 13, which nobody makes anymore. Mm. So at least I haven't found anybody yet. Anyhow, I'm going to have to get some new tires for it. But, you know, everything about it is just really cool, really special. Well, you had a chance to drive it recently. How cool was that? Just a couple of hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we got it started. It got it started last week, actually, but uh, needed to do some things like uh, do some tuning stuff. And uh, so anyway, he uh, we got it running today. 
and uh, went for a ride, and I suggested Dave drive it because he's a Corvair guy, and I thought, I was a little afraid to drive it, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, well, maybe you can, if there's something weird that, you know, you'll feel it, you know. That was my excuse. So anyway, he, we took off, and he, and he got the bottom of the hill here, and he stepped on it, and my head went flying back. <laughs> and, uh, and then I drove it back, and it's, it, it really, it's, it handles. I had, after I had my Corvette, I had Porsche uh, 356s, mm -hmm. and uh, it handles a lot like that, except that it's much, much faster, mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of, you know, acceleration and power. I mean, I guess... I think when I drove it, it was maybe 104 horsepower or something like that, maybe even less. And now it's uh, with a spider engine, spider turbo, and all that stuff. It's uh, it's 180 horsepower, but as soon as the uh, alcohol water kicks in, it's uh, 245. Wow! So I mean, it's probably 2,200 pounds of car with. Nice little torque uh, when you push it on, on the gas there. Yeah, it goes pretty good. As a matter of fact, it, it sort of made me nervous when I... Uh, and it's got a close ratio transmission, which... Um, I mean, I don't know if that's cool or not. I, I, I kind of like it when it's you don't have to shift every two seconds. But mm -hmm. but uh, that's probably why you had it to take care of those uh, Mustangs. Okay, so just make sure we have this part straight. When you bought it originally, it was just a regular, your dad bought it originally for him, and he basically used it until you were of age. Is that the idea? And it was a regular Corvair? Yeah. Yeah. He Well, we went out shopping together, and he, he said, well, wh you know, what, what kind of car do you think you'd like to have? They weren't going to allow me to have my own car. So it was going to be a situation where my dad and I shared the car mm -hmm. and uh so i was 16 at the time when i went uh we went out mm -hmm. and got it and uh he was a real trooper <laughs> driving <laughs> driving that thing around but it was really nice you know i mean I, it wasn't a fa it wasn't fast i mean those cars were built you know for being a good inexpensive dependable car you know which they are or were and uh so I don't know if this one's going to be dependable or not when it all fixed up. In the bottom analysis, it snaps your head back. Does it really matter whether or not it's dependable or not? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's just the fun of it, huh? Absolutely. No, and, and that's kind of neat, the fact that they did so much to your car. They turned it into kind of a spider vehicle, if you will, which is, of course, at the time, was their top performance vehicle. It had all that great stuff on it. So you, you sold it as a regular run-of-the-mill Corvair, you get the call, you get it back, and it's like this Corvair race car. Yeah, that's exactly the way it is. And uh, it is a Spider engine, so it's got it's got that, and it's got the Spider turbo, and uh, but it you know it has a Jaguar um, carburetor. I, you know, it's got sway, sway bars. See, you're talking to a guy who, you know, I mean, I'm not a car guy in that I don't work on cars at all i've never been able to it i i always bust my knuckles you know it's always frustrating i work in wood i can do anything in wood but in metal and cars and trying to get stuck uh nuts off and that i don't like that and you know something you'd be surprised a lot of car guys aren't really car guys i mean they're car guys but then if something mechanical goes goofy they call up their their garage guy and go, uh, "It's uh, the tires are low. Would you mind filling them up for me?" And then and then they drive around, look cool. Yeah, right. I did have a uh, when I was on the road doing a play, 
uh, years back. I did have a Jag uh, uh, XJ6, which is uh, they were the most amazing cars. I mean, it's like the smoothest, coolest car. But that's the only really kind of cool car I had, although I had a 911. Not a 911, a 914, which is that mid-engine Porsche right. that can come out. And, um, and then I had two uh, 356 Porsche. I had a 50, I mean a 63 Super 90 and then a 64 SC, which was the Super 90 equivalent. And then I had a, uh, before that I had a 52 uh, Porsche. And that's the one <laughs> that should have had the split windshield. Mm -hmm. But instead, the windshield just sort of came together like it should be split, but then it was rounded. It was the most distorted thing in the world if you tried to look out that part of the car. But that was the coolest car looking because it was really the old bathtub style, you know. But it's odd. It, ro it drove just like as if you were in a Volkswagen that was where the seat was sitting on the ground, you know, it was bouncing and it jiggled and it was, so, but I had that for a couple of years. Tony Dow from uh, Leave it to Beaver fame, it's been a while, but you've been doing a lot of other different things. Joining us on Talking About Cars, we're talking about that great Corvair that uh, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, I think it's still floating around, uh, a TV station in San Diego did a story where they showed the Corvair, you could see it, uh, and, and the fact that Tony now has it and it's at his house here in Southern California. What do you drive now? I mean, what's in your garage right now? Uh, Prius. And it's our third Prius. Uh, we like the idea of uh, being environmentally cool. And, uh, and I have a Eurovan, which, uh, Volkswagen Eurovan, which is pretty cool. It's a 50, I mean, it's a uh, 97 for sale if anybody wants one of those. It's nice and clean. Owned by Tony Dow, by the way. <laughs> yeah. They're great cars. I mean, you know, I had a, a, a Vanagon a while back, you know, a while ago. So, the, you know, this is this is a completely different kind of car. This is like a regular car because it's front engine, you know, it's kind of weird for the Volkswagen. But, uh, and then we have an Exploder. An Exploder. Yeah, one of my least favorite cars. You I have think. a Pinto, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, it's a Ford Explorer. Oh, and that's <laughs> I see, okay. All right, well, we got to really get the make right. Yeah, right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, we've had that for a long time. You know, we sort of keep cars. We buy cars and then keep them. So this, this uh, my um, Prius is the first time I've leased a car. And so, ov obviously, it makes sense to just turn it in and get a new one mm -hmm. and accumulate the added price <laughs> when you want to, you know, take it home. You, you've had other cars before. Was there ever a car you had, and maybe the Corvair is it, but was there ever a car you had that you wish you had back, if you had the chance could get it back? Well, I mean, I think probably one of the 356, maybe the, uh, the 64 uh, SC, because <clears throat> it was pretty It was pretty nice. Um, I mean, I think the car that I appreciated the most was the Corvair, mm -hmm. because you know I went through that formidable time when you're in high school and dating and you know cruising Bob's a big boy and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, that has a lot of fond, fond memories. Did you uh, go to the prom in that car? I didn't go to a prom. What? I, could, I couldn't get a date. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, no, I didn't. I, uh, but see, I was, I was working all through high school. Oh. I was doing Leave it to Beaver, and I was going to school there. I graduated from Van Nuys High, but... Um, I never really went there. I went to football games, and uh, I think to, I went to a graduation 
rehearsal thing, and then I didn't even go to the graduation. Oh, you know? wow. I didn't know anybody, you know, and they were uh, yelling at me, and <laughs> I could never tell what they were <laughs> laughing at me about. <laughs> to do the little research for this, I, I actually looked at a couple of old Libre to Beaver shows, and they were driving back in the day, like 57 Fords or anything like that. Did you ever get a chance? I mean, was there ever a car on set that you looked at and stared at and thought it was kind of cool? Because I guess the Eddie Haskell days, didn't he drive around in some sort of rod or something like that? Well, Lumpy had a car, Lumpy had a, like a 48 Ford or something like that. And that was a pretty nice car. Um, uh, it might have been a Barris car, I'm not sure. Um, but but anyway, it, it, it was pretty cool. I never drove it. Um, you know, we did five years of the new Leave it to Beaver. Right. And uh, that was a little different because the producer, director, guy who was kind of responsible for it, he loved cars. So we had, uh, he, uh, Wally had a Corvette to begin with, and then he had a T-Bird, one of those, I don't even know what year it is, but it's like the bomb, you know, it has a front, front that goes down like that, mm -hmm. and it, you know. Which is really a cool car. Well, that Corvette. So that was still the Beaver? Is that what they called yeah. it back then? Still the Beaver. So in the opening credits, you were driving, and, I, and I'm going to take a wild guess, it was pretty close to the Corvette you had uh, after the Corvair. It was like a 61, 62? Yeah, I think it might have been a 62. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Did you have any input as far as, hey, wouldn't that be great if we can get one of them just like the one I have or had? <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. But no, they, uh, producers don't tend to listen to actors much when you're no. having <laughs> but it, but, uh But you got to drive it, though, right? Yeah, 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 I got to drive wow. it. Well, yeah, what can I say? How great was that? No, they were really nice cars, but you know, in the in the movies, you only drive it like half a block. You back it up and drive it in, and stop it, and get out, and that's about it. Did you ever hear the story from Butch Patrick? Butch Patrick. Okay, about about apparently the time that they went on the Munster coach, and Fred Gwynn was behind the wheel, and they were supposed to drive out. It was a great story. It's late in the afternoon. We're in front of the Munster uh, Mansion, down on Colonial Street. The assistant director says, "Ford, we're losing our light." Just take the car out, turn right around, come back. We want to do it again for safety. Fred jumps in the car. We all pull up, and then we pull out of the shot. He continues down the street. He hangs left. He goes up the hill. He goes past the makeup department. He goes down the hill, out the front gate, on the Langersham Boulevard. We don't know if there's enough gas in the car to get back. You know, with the brakes are you know marginal at best. And you guys are in the car. Full makeup. We're in full makeup, and we pull out, and it's like we go down the street, hang left, and we turn around at the Hollywood Bowl come back and we're going about 20 minutes we come back the, the, the assistant director's cigar has gone from about this long to this long he's now got like a little stubby the sun's gone we don't have lights on the car and we come back and he's just smiling he's beaming because he was a practical joker and i'm holding on for dear life yvonne de carlos yelling at him fred fred my hair my wings flying out the window you know and al's going yeah 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 fred go ahead yeah yeah keep going keep going those are great stories yeah i mean that's uh that's a that's a classic I mean, there, there weren't any stories like that on uh, the Leave it to Beaver said, were there? No, we were very conservative. If they said back up half a block and drive forward, I backed up half a block and drove forward. <laughs> Although I did take, uh, we had a motorcycle on the show once, and I did take that around the back lot a little bit. Uh -huh. And uh, I did spend a lot of time driving around the back lot uh, because when my wife, Lauren, would have friends, she, uh, you know, knew the guy at the gate, uh, who'd been there for years and she'd just wave to him as she drove on and then she'd drive into the back lot and she'd go to all of those attractions the shark attraction and the 
Parting of the Seas. I don't even know if they have those things anymore because that, that was years and years ago. But anyway, she'd give her, her friends these great tours of the back lot. Oh, so your wife was a tour guide at the studios? Not officially. Just oh. her friends. <laughs> just just okay. her friends. Shh, we won't say anything. Until, okay. and, yeah, until they got wise and... Uh, they, the the uh, things changed at the studio. Wow! See, I can't even get on the lot anymore. So, you know. oh, come on, you can get on the lot. There is it. Yeah. Well, if, if, Tony Dow, for heaven's sake. Yeah, but maybe they see me coming. I don't know. <laughs> so you have your Corvair back, but at the same token, in the back of your head, there is there any other car? If you have, if money was no object, or just for the heck of it, is there one car out there that is number one on the Tony Dow? I wish I could have that list. Well, Tesla. You know the Tesla S. I mean, I, that. I think that's the coolest car going. I think that guy's a genius. A friend of my son, who uh, was very successful young, he had like the thirty seventh uh, Roadster that Tesla came out with. I went for a ride in that, and that was really a thrill. And then he has an S, and I think he has an the other one, whatever it is, the the SUV type thing. And so that I'd like the S. I think that's great. But you know, when I was looking at my uh, f for a car after I sold the Corvair, I I sort of w w got it down to two cars, and one was the Corvette, which I liked, and it was I think it was maybe thirty-five hundred dollars, maybe something like that, and uh, a Gullwing three hundred SL, which oh was forty-two hundred dollars. Right. So I'm looking at now, this it. was nineteen. What? Well, let's see. Of sixty-five, sixty-five, sixty-six, okay. something like that. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm looking at this uh, Gullwing, which I've always thought is one of the most beautiful cars in the world ever, and um, and I so I asked the guy. I said, "Well, what about tune-ups and stuff? What you know? What's the deal?" He said, "Well, the tune-ups are really expensive. I mean, you know, it's it's like three hundred bucks to get this thing tuned up." Oh my! And I said, "Oh." Well, I don't want to have a car that I have to spend that much money on. I'll I'll uh, I'll go for the Corvette. So basically, I bought the Corvette, sold it cheaper than I bought it, and uh, didn't buy the uh, Gullwing, which for forty two hundred, which would be worth about a quarter of a million dollars by now. I right, especially for a guy who never gets rid of his cars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also tend to destroy the cars, you know, by not really taking... Uh, Lauren takes... My wife takes care of the car. She loves to, you know, loves the car to be clean and, you know, but mm -hmm. this car will stay clean, I think. You were talking about the Tesla. Mm -hmm. So would you buy the Tesla, the one that you don't have to drive, the one that has the oh. self-drive option? It doesn't bother you? No. As a matter of fact, I've been a fan of that for the last year. And uh, I, I I don't know where I read an article that was talking about self-driving cars or uh, autonomous cars. And uh, they were talking about a chip maker that's, you know, kind of ahead of it. But they wouldn't tell you what it was. Mm -hmm. So I did some research, and I came up with, like, three chip makers that were probably the most obvious choices to be. So I went out and I bought a bunch of... Um, of uh, what the hell, NVIDIA, which is a, a chip maker that makes a lot of game things. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a fan of those, uh, of the autonomous cars for a long time, and I think they're great. I think, you know, the fact that this guy died a few months ago, I mean, that's, a lot of people have died in a lot of cars <laughs> in that period of time. I think they're safer than, I mean, it seems like they, they are. Um, 
the statistics claim, you know, I mean, that Google car went around, it's got a few million miles on it, and it only's had, I don't know, half dozen or maybe 10 accidents, and they've usually been the other driver's fault. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think, uh, I think it's the future, you know. I mean, I, I was listening to um, the um, hydrogen cars that, that um, uh, Toyota's making, and... Uh, the autonomous hydrogen cars, because there's no place to get that fill up with hydrogen now. That's the problem. That's where, that's where uh, Musk was so intelligent. He built the infrastructure to be able to go across the country and uh, charge your car. But anyway, the hydrogen cars, you know, you're supposed to be able to drive it into your garage and then tell it to go to the hydrogen fill-up station. It'll go to the hydrogen fill-up station. The guy will fill up, fill it up with hydrogen, and then it'll drive back home, put itself in the garage, and when you wake up in the morning, you've got a full tank of hydrogen. Now, how does that? How, how much better can that be? <laughs> it's like letting the dog out and knowing he'll take care of business and come back in uh, the next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's 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 coming. I think it's the future. I I don't. I know people that are really. Are you nervous about it? Would you not use it? I guess it's a control thing. I a I'm a car guy to the extent where I like driving the old I'm, I, I like driving but I'd be a little nervous about just kind of I'd have my hand just over the wheel you know you're, you're, you're supposed to have your hands somewhere close to it this buddy of mine that uh, my son's buddy I mean uh, he the Tesla he had he did a, a thing a podcast from the back seat of his Tesla when it was driving home from the Hollywood Bowl or something you really? know, which was really crazy to do but anyway uh, I you know I think that uh, I mean I like to drive too so I you know I enjoy the feeling of driving and I enjoy um, you know performing and driving around I mean we live up here in the canyon and so you know it's a nice place to drive as long as they don't have like the driving technology put into your Corvair no I won't do that (laughs) I'm I'm afraid to drive the damn thing anyway but uh but the um, you know the the, the uh, cars are going to be they're going to be safe and uh, I think what you what they're used for is a guy who drives to work and comes back and so he can he can look at his daily working look at his schedule he can work on his you know whatever he has to look, read something whatever he has to do so you don't waste that time which I've always thought that you know if I was ever sort of a big shot. I would definitely have a, um, a a driver because all that you know that two or three hours a day that you waste in Los Angeles getting around, you can get a lot of work done. You know, so that's what this car is going to allow you to do. I think. Actor Tony Dow, who's taking his car on Sunday, July 17th, to the Wheels and Waves Cars and Coffee Show at Gladstone's on the beach in Pacific Palisades, California, run by car guy Fireball Tim, who will be joining us with his car story in the coming weeks. By the way, thanks to Fireball for including us in his video log, or vlog as he likes to call it. Check out my interview on his YouTube page. It's vlog number 381. And we're about five minutes 59 seconds in hey if you like what we're doing and you're listening on itunes number one subscribe it's free you'll automatically get notified when a new show uploads then rate us and write a review if you're listening on soundcloud like us and follow us and tell your car pals and other fellow club members about all the great guests and cool stories we have on all of our talking about cars podcasts also check out our videos with our partners at generation auto on youtube until next week i'm randy cardoon join me as we have some fun talking about cars.